You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Given the subject matter of this movie, I don't expect many of us are going to be cracking jokes and trying to be pithy throughout the course of this review. So I will just say that up front while we will do our best to be entertaining. Don't expect us to be giving you a laughing good time on this. So <clears throat> the Emancipation Proclamation was a presidential proclamation and executive order issued by President Abraham Lincoln on January 1st, 1863. During the Civil War, the proclamation changed the legal status of more than 3.5 million enslaved African-Americans in the secessionist Confederate states from the enslaved to free. It declared that all persons held as slaves within the rebellious states are and henceforth shall be free. Well, what if you didn't know about that? What if you happened to have been born and raised on a plantation for decades after the fact? Well, that's sort of what Alice is about here. Alice is the debut film from writer-director Kristen Van Linden, stars Kiki Palmer, Common, and... uh, Johnny Lee Miller as a racist piece of shit. (laughs) Alice yearns for freedom as an enslaved person on a rural Georgia plantation under its brutal and disturbed owner, Paul, played by Johnny Lee Miller. After a violent clash with Paul, Alice flees through the neighboring woods and stumbles onto a very unfamiliar site, a highway, a paved highway with streetlights and a semi-truck approaching her. She soon discovers the year's actually 1973. Rescued on the roadside by a disillusioned political activist named Frank, played by Common, Alice quickly comprehends the lies that have kept her in bondage and the promise of black liberation. As it was inspired by true events, let's be clear about that. There was not a plantation still operating in the 70s. There was, however, an individual, a woman named May Louisa Walls Miller, who was enslaved by a family until 1963. I am T.C. DeWitt of the Screener Squad, and I am joined by Sarah. Hello. Luane. Hey, how's it going? And Jordan. Good evening. Well, Squad, what did we think of Alice? The movie in general, not just the character of Alice, but, you know. But what did we uh, what did we think? Kind of disappointing. <laughs> I thought this movie struggled a bit to want to see where it was going, and I don't think it quite stuck the landing. It is saved by some really good acting for the most part, especially Kiki Palmer. Yeah, Kiki Palmer carries this movie. There's nary a frame of this movie that she's not in, at least a scene that she's not in. I was trying to remember what I knew her from, and Aquila and the Bee was what it mm-hmm. finally ended up being, which was 20 years ago. <laughs> So she's come a long way as an actress. It's neat to see her on the screen embracing a much more mature adult performance here. And her performance is quite strong, as is Commons. I always love seeing Common appear in things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I ran into this thing where I started doing the things that I wish this was. And that's not fair to the movie because it's not what we're reviewing. And I figured out part of why that may be. I happened to read part of an interview mm-hmm. with the writer-director 
And she mentions you come to that point where you have to lose 20 pages in the middle of the production. And I'm like, ah, uh, yep. And they were shooting during COVID, like at the peak. And I'm like, well, that explains why you can have a plantation with three white people on it and one gun mm -hmm. and manage to keep a dozen slaves in line. I think this movie was hindered by a lot of external things that are unrelated to the movie. And I don't know how those impacted the script, but you're right. The performances are strong. The music, of course, is amazing. But the script feels unfinished, and that may just be how many darlings she had to kill to get it produced. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about the COVID angle on this. That does explain quite a bit because the scope of this movie, at least the narrative scope of this movie, is massive, mm -hmm. and yet it feels so small. It's very limited cast. It's very limited extras. It's very few locations. And it feels almost unrendered. It feels like we're missing a bunch of NPCs, to use more video game jargon. You're right. Two white guys, one gun, a handful of slaves. It didn't have the full scope that a story like this deserves. It did kind of address that Alice and Joseph. Joe. I think he was talking to someone else and he was talking about running away and the other guy didn't even want to try because it's not worth it. Sure. We saw what happens if you try to do anything. And I should be clear that I don't want to make it sound like the why didn't she leave him either. Like I recognize there's a massive power dynamic involved in doing what they're doing. Certainly, yeah. Not victim blaming. Right. It was just, there was another detail within the film itself that I'm like, oh, I kind of wish you could have done more. Yeah, sure. There was a moment of realization I had in watching this where I thought, why isn't she calling the police? Why aren't they calling the police? And then that's my white privilege talking. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> and they addressed it you not shortly why. after when Common says, the police. And she, Alice says, Who's the police? The people who help people. Well, some people, sometimes. And that's it right there. No, you're not going to have the trust in the police in Georgia, even in the 70s. Right. And the police force was started to capture runaway slaves. I mean, that was their origin story, basically. Can I just say, I did not love this movie at all. And I know Luane said we can't judge it on by what it isn't. But this trailer sold me a grindhouse yep. kind of coffee. Pam Greer, she's going to go in and just kill mm -hmm. and fuck up everything. And that's totally not what this movie is. So. No, that's kind of my problem as well with what Sarah is saying. I know, trailers lie for a purpose, but <laughs> this, this kind of did it too well. I was thinking, okay... I'm kind of on board with this, like, just full B-movie revenge shit. Cool. Awesome. But it wasn't. <laughs> the movie kind of seems like it wants to lean into that towards the end, mm -hmm. but it still doesn't. Yeah. yeah, this movie is really held up by Kiki Palmer, who does... I'm glad she's had uptick resurgence in her career since Hustlers. Mm -hmm. It's only good because of her. I did like Common's story of the disillusioned... Mm -hmm political activist i just didn't think it was quite as strong really because there's kind of like half a subplot between him and his brother yeah i thought she was great like everybody said but i thought that the material just kind of overpowered him a little bit a lot of his depth the, yes that's what i feel like and i oh god that sounds like such a disservice because i like him oh yeah but i just felt like he was just not i don't know if he not right is the correct term but I don't know. I just didn't love him in this. 
I love Common, so when he does show up in things, I always want to see at what capacity he's going to be played in. This is a very large role for him compared to some of the other things he's done. What I think is happening here, just across the board, is this is being played almost too subtly. Everything is being very mm-hmm. restrained and very held yeah. back. And I thought as I watched it, okay, they're playing this quiet. They're playing this reservation. They're playing this simmering pot. When this thing goes off, we're going full Django on this bitch. And it never does it. They even give us that nope. promise by showing us coffee with Pam Greer, by showing us the black exploitation era of like right. gun. The white man will fuck you up, and you deserve it, and we're going to cheer about it, and let's burn this mother down, and they don't they don't go. They don't go there, and it's it nope. leaves me hanging with disappointment, thinking like, come on, burn it down. Yes. Like Sarah Jane was saying, I was sort of promised a new Pam Greer, mm-hmm. right? That was what the trailer shows us. Unfortunately, we don't get that sort of coffee ending, but it would have been equally as interesting if it had gone the other way, because after she sees coffee and has this whole revelation about what needs to be done, her first response is, I need to get more books. Okay, we're going to go that way with it. She's going to use the system or she's going to do some sort of end run and doesn't have to rely on violence. She's going to do something else. Intellectually, I'm like, that sounds awesome, but I really want to see her just go in there and just destroy the place. And they kind of do that. It's like the last five minutes. If I would have right. read this, and I am not a screenwriter. I mean, I am a writer, but not a screenwriter. I would have went full grindhouse. And there are other people in the same thing as, I forgot what Johnny Lee Miller's name is now, as his character. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen it where, have you guys seen the, the spook who sat by the door? He trains as a CIA agent, and then he goes home to, I think it's Detroit, and teaches all his fellow uh, street friends how to fight, like, the CIA style. Cool. So I I would have liked to have seen that happen here, where they could go and just have, like, at least half of the movie where they're, like, training other people to go in and then just fucking the shit up at all the other plantations and then finally getting to... Where she was kept. Mm-hmm. All the revenge happens in the last five minutes. The last five minutes. I was I going insane. I'm like, what? <laughs> no. I kept watching the clock countdown. I was, like, come yes. On, come on. It was really underwhelming. Even the revenge when it happened is like, that's it. He deserves worse. <laughs> For what he represents and the fact that there's only him and one other guy, he deserves worse. Absolutely. No, I agree. I was expecting like, HBO level of violence. I got yeah. at best like NYPD blue. <laughs> Nine PM network television violence. Right. Yeah, yes. pretty much. It's so tame. What I was expecting and I am a screenwriter, I would have written it like she discovers all this and it just takes her to the extreme. They treated me this way, I'm gonna just Put them all in the grave. Mm -hmm. I was expecting Alice to like just suddenly go to the extreme and reignite that fire in Common's character, Mm -hmm. but it just he didn't even want to go. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's (laughs) and then he changes his mind within sixty seconds. Two minutes. Yeah, he changes his mind just because like now, fuck my brother. I ain't gonna do what he says. In montages, Mm -hmm. they're building up to this culmination of these ideas. They evoke Malcolm X and not Martin Luther King Jr. And I bring that up in that Malcolm X was much more supportive of violence for the means to an end. And not that Malcolm X didn't 
I'm trying to, I'm going to word this. I, I'm so like feeling white guilt right now. I, know. <laughs> I feel terrible so, even talking about this and not praising it. So they evoke Malcolm X and Malcolm X being the civil rights leader he was, he took a much stronger hand, which is why I thought that's where this was going. And when it didn't, it felt restrained. It felt held back. And you're right, Loin. You had commented that it feels weird criticizing this because of its content, because of its message, and given that we are, for for the most part, unqualified to be discussing black civil rights from our very white privileged perspective. Some more privileged than others, as I understand we do have women here and, and you know, uh, representation of the LGBT community. So we understand marginalized people in one facet or another. But it is hard to look at this and truly understand the scope of it without having experienced. As I said, I thought, why don't they just call the cops? Oh, oh, right. right. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> but looking strictly at this as a production, as a film, appreciating the message it's trying to give, I do think there's some wonderfully cool ideas in this. But it feels like a short film that could inspire a really, really awesome feature film. It just happens to be a short film that's 90 minutes long. Woo! That was a minefield. How's everyone doing right now? I'm sweating. <laughs> Good. It's got great music. I'll give it that. Mm -hmm. You can't fault it there. And it has Alicia Witt. Who has seen Alicia yes. Witt in anything in the past 20 years? So good on her for showing up. Oh, she's a terrible person, but... <laughs> Well, since I've swept my way towards my final thoughts, I'm just going to move myself into some final <laughs> thoughts here, which is, yeah, the soundtrack of this is great. The sound design, mm. pre-escape and post-escape, is very jarring. Watching this loud and with headphones on and truly appreciating the impact of the sound design, that is something that I don't feel time travel movies do often enough. A woman out of time, fish out of water. This isn't... Exactly a time travel movie. I mean, in, in the broader sense. In the broader sense, yes. But sound design is something that can really be utilized in displacing someone from their comfort, from the place that they're familiar with. And it's the loudness of the honking of the horn and the music and the road and just the noise, the noise, the noise that just bombards Alice once she's in the real world that was made all the better by the cicadas of Georgia when she's on the plantation, the quiet of the night, the hacking of the corn and the sound of the past. It's a good juxtaposition in there. So I want to give a major tip of my hat to the sound design in this. Soundtrack, score, everything in that regard is great. Kiki Palmer is great. Common is great. It's always cool to see him. But this does fall short in the commitment to its end game. And while I did enjoy the subject matter Overall, I was feeling a little lacking by the end. And as a directorial debut, I'm excited to see what Kristen Van Linden does from this point on because she's playing in an arena that Jordan Peele is making a much broader audience for. So I hope this finds an audience and I hope it inspires that audience. This overall, though, is a 5 out of 10 for me. Jordan. Yeah, disappointed. This movie could have gone one or two directions. It took the least interesting. It does feel like a misdirect that it's leading up. It's building to this crescendo of explosive violence, and you just don't get there. Kiki Palmer is great, and yeah, the soundtrack is amazing. Sound design, too, is really good, and I do quite like Common, but 
This movie feels like wasted potential. Perhaps COVID did wreak havoc with a lot of things. At the end of it, I'm just trying to think the collection of all the sum of these parts, and it's not quite good. It's almost there, but not quite. So I'm going to give it 4 out of 10 Diana Ross records. Reflections of the way things used to... <laughs> yes, that fine song from the hit TV show China Beach. <laughs> Ask your parents. Hey, I could be your parent. I watched that as a teen. Clearly, I did not love this. Kiki Palmer was good. There was a section where she was realizing for a hundred years, the people on that plantation were kept as slaves and the camera was just stuck right on her face and she had that tear and that rage. And I thought, yeah, she's great. I thought her reaction to modern things was really, she didn't seem that upset about or amazed by electricity. I mean, she did mention the refrigerator. It was just underwhelming, uh, her reactions, and I thought that was weird. I'm going to give this four grindhouse theaters that this movie could never play in out of ten. <laughs> Great. Louie? Like you said, the production on this is fantastic. The sound design, the cinematography. Uh, the cast is really good. I know that Kiki Palmer is a standout. I love Common, so I'll probably give him a little bit of a pass on some of this. And Johnny Lee Miller is somehow not as evil as I kind of wanted him to be. So, I mean, it looks good. It sounds good. The music is excellent. You can see where some of the narrative threads maybe were going to go or could have gone. And I don't know if it was COVID or this production process that cut him. I actually think I would have liked to have seen this as a limited series like half a dozen episodes yeah, so that we could get a little bit more of her adaptation to this world that she's in. And then another full third act of whatever the end is going to be, whether it's full coffee or some sort of flip of that. I didn't love this movie, but I did like it. And I really, really want to see what Kristen Verlinden does next, especially if she doesn't have the constraints of, whatever the budget was she was working with or the seriousness of COVID, man, I just want to see her do some more work because this is a hell of a debut, even if it's not a perfect film. I mean, what is? And really, whoever's doing the marketing on this, look, you're an asshole. We thought we were getting here <laughs> and that's not what we got. In the end, this is three out of five times I thought I was going to go back and watch Jackie Brown after this. <laughs> 